Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans speaking to you. I just want you to hear the showers of blessing that God is pouring down on us today. So I came outside in my worship area watching the showers come down from the heavens. So I just wanted you to hear the showers, the pouring showers, the blessing of the rain. Who made the rain? They can make artificial rain, but this that's a real rain that is coming down from the heavens. So I will sing to you this morning, there shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of God. There shall be seasons refreshing, sent from the Father above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we plead. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. I took a walk out in my worship area and just enjoying the showers of the rain that comes down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It cools the earth. We just bless the Lord. I bless him this morning. I bless him every day. I praise him and I honor and I worship him and I glorify your name and I magnify your name because you're holy, you're worthy. We exalt your name this morning. We thank you for voice. We thank you for a sound mind in the name of Jesus. God, we bless your name. We bless your name. So people of God, hold on to the joy, hold on to the love, hold on to the peace because he wants to know who's on the Lord's side. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. God is soon going to show you who really is on the Lord's side. Who is on the Lord's side? Good morning, good morning. Today is the 21st of October. And happy birthday to my daughter. Happy birthday. Keep that laughter. Keep that joy. Keep that peace. Keep that glow. Let that glory continue to flow out of you. October 21, 2020. And the time now, it's 9.42 a.m. I am excited. Excited because God has given me, my voice is still here. And I can speak and love and dance and worshiping praising i give him praise i give him glory i give him thanks and so i pray that we always start our worship and in all things let us give thanks to the lord our god who is on the lord's side that's the question today and so as i was walking down the hallway i heard him say who's on the lord's side and then i heard the tone in in in, in my spirit singing Who's on the Lord's side? So I'm going to sing it now. If the tone isn't the right tone, I'm going to sing the tone that I'm hearing in my spirit as the Spirit of God sings through me to you today. Who is on the Lord's side? (laughs) Who? Who is on the Lord's side? Uh, Who is on the Lord's side? All I know is God is going to take care of you. Stay on the Lord's side. Now, if you go on the side of the enemy, then he has responsibility for taking care of you. But God is going to woo you and say, come, 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 see him here, come on this side. It's time to be on the Lord's side today. So so he, he will keep you on his wings. But then if you come from under his wings and go on the other side, then you'll have to be under the wings of the enemy, we don't want you there, I don't want to be there, and I don't want my enemy to be there, because he told me I must, I'm supposed to love my enemies, and so if I love my enemies, I don't want my enemies to be on the crooked side, on the evil side, who is on the Lord's side, who is on the Lord's side, who will serve the king, who will be his helpers, others lives to bring who will leave the world's side 
who will face the foe? Who is on the Lord's side? Who for him will go? By the call of mercy, by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. Jesus, thou hast bought us, not with gold or gem, but with thine own lifeblood for thy diadem. With thy blessing filling each who comes to thee, thou hast made us willing, thou hast made us free. By thy grand redemption, by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. Fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the king's own army none can overthrow. Round his standard ranging, victory to secure, for his truth unchanging makes the triumph sure. Joyfully enlisting by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. So let's stay on the Lord's side. Who? Who is on the Lord's side? In times like these, you better stay on the Lord's side. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh man, I, I just bless the Lord. I bless him, I bless him, I bless him, I bless him. I was praying for someone the other day who 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 needs a job who was like lord am i gonna get this job and i was praying for this person if god had to move someone out of position to put his child in that position then god will because he's not a man that he should lie so when he speaks and say yeah the job is yours but you got to be on the lord's side because once you're on the lord's side he gonna make a way what he will cause hell to freeze to get you there blessed be the name of the lord jesus Oh, I love him, 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 I love him. Stay on the Lord's side. Stay on the Lord's side. Is your life a blessing? Ask him to make you a blessing. Make you a chalice of blessing today. And stay under his wings. Stay on the Lord's side. Under his wings. Under his wings. Who from his love can sever? Under his wings my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Under his wings I am safely abiding, though the night deepens and tempests are wild still i can trust him i know he will keep me he has redeemed me and i am his child under his wings under his wings who from his love can sever under his wings my soul shall abide safely abide forever under his wings what a refuge in sorrow how the heart yearningly turns to his rest often when earth has no balm for my healing there i find comfort 
and there I am blessed. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love can sever. Under his wings, my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Under his wings, oh what precious enjoyment, there will I hide till life's trials are all sheltered, protected, no evil can harm me. Resting in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love can sever? Under his wings, my soul shall abide safely abide forever and i'm speaking this too uh, while i was singing i saw miss roll miss roll know who, who who she is which role i'm talking about there might be many roles who are going to receive this and whichever one it is for well i pray that they receive this word this morning because for the part of, of last night, about a, I would say, 8, 9, 10 o'clock, I was feeling all the pressures in your head. I was feeling it in your neck. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I know it's you, Miss Roll. And I want you to know, stay under his wings. He sees and he heard your, your cry. He heard your cry. He heard your cry. I picked up that cry last night from about 7 o'clock. Uh, uh, Miss Roll, and I want you to know that he, I am the Lord, oh God, that healeth thee, I am the Lord, your healer. Look not at the things that you're seeing, because it's temporal. I sent my word, and heal your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. I'm sure, Miss Roll, wherever you are, you shouldn't be feeling that pressure around your neck or, or, or on your head. No, 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 no. So give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. So give thanks with a grateful heart. And the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of it all. Out of it, it all. And I must say this, when whoever Ms. Roll gets this, I heard the Holy Spirit saying it, and I must say it, I surrender all. You've got to surrender all. Because you've got to be on the Lord's side. You can't be on two sides. I surrender all. Now I know who God is speaking to. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all sometimes we don't want to surrender all we even have to surrender our children oh blessed be the name of the lord the bible says, if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me so it's we 
this is the time we have to know who is on the Lord's side. Stay on the Lord's side. There has to be a reason why the Holy Spirit is stressing this. Stay on the Lord's side. Love him more than the world and the things of the world. Things of the world will fade away. But we need Jesus. I need Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in my soul and my soul doth born within me i feel jesus in this place do you feel him i feel jesus i feel jesus i feel jesus in this place and my soul doth burn within me i feel jesus in this place some of you who are going to hear these messages god is speaking and saying it's time to stay on his side in the will of God. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Because some of you are hearing these messages. God has called you long time in full-time ministry and you're procrastinating. God is saying the laborers need to answer the telephone call that he's been calling he's been calling from glory he's still waiting he's still waiting for the answer this morning we are continuing about the glory and something the holy spirit showed me that um there are some seeds who carry no glory because the glory in them is infested in the seed. Oh, gosh. In the seed, it's infested. So here comes um, 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 Lucifer was in heaven. And his glory, he was bringing that glory because he was, all that music was coming out of him. But something corrupted him. He decided, I want to be God. Don't get beside yourself. And so therefore, he lost his glory. And became corrupt. I know there are times, one time, um, uh, my gar the gardener, not the one I have now, brought some seeds. He brought some corn seed and he brought some pea seed. But when he brought them to plant them, I said, oh, I'm so excited. But when he planted them, the Holy Spirit said, they are, they are coming to naught. He said, because the seed is rotten. There's, 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 there's insect inside of the seed. And it's coming to naught. So, the trees came up. They wasn't even half the size of me. And I'm not very tall. And I'm looking, and when I looked, all the leaves were funny. The pigeon peas leaves were funny, infested. And the corn, they, the whole thing was infested. And I pulled them up. They came to naught. Because if the seed is corrupt, then the tree will be corrupt. Even as he called us, as trees of righteousness are planting by the Lord. So if we are called trees of righteousness that God has planted. There must be some other seed of unrighteousness that the enemy has planted. 
which will come to naught. Which now, those seeds now, it's the end time. The angel's going to come and separate the good from the bad. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. So every seed, the glory that is in, there's glory in every seed. But of course, some seed never portray their glory. Because in us, some people let the seed die in them. No glory. Now, there's the apple seed, but I found out there was one time I used to eat the apple seed until I found out the apple seed has cyanide poisoning. So the fruit is good, but the seed you do not eat. So yesterday, um, in my spirit, of course, here I wanted, in my spirit for, for days, I was thinking about cassava. Well, yesterday it manifested. It manifested, and someone gave me some cassava. So I determined, okay, maybe the leaves, maybe it's edible, maybe I could use the leaves. So I got some leaves, but I discovered every leaf really you shouldn't drink because part of the leaves has cyanide poisoning which could blind you so you know yeah in the bahamas we're talking about the leaves and all of this you better know what leaf you're using and what it you better know and sometimes people said okay aloe is very good for you yes aloe is good for you for many things but you can't continue to drink that bitter thing next thing you know something go wrong with your liver because you took all that bitter thing you have to be wise that's why you need to talk to the holy spirit and he will give you wisdom and understanding so man when a little child, a little, little child, say baby, the baby don't have to work. The three-year-old don't have to work. The four-year-old don't have to work. But when you become a man, you put away childish things. So a man is supposed to work, whether you work for the world or whether you work for God. Now, when you work for God and he assigned you, anoints you, and appoints you, that means you're so excited, you're committed to do it. It's not a burden. No. But in modern society, when someone has achieved success in a career or endeavor, it is common to say that that person has arrived. Yeah, people think they, they arrived. For most of us, the world has not seen us yet because we hidden. The world hasn't seen us yet. We hidden for such a time as this, but we are about to be revealed to the world. We have not yet arrived. We are still in the process of becoming who God said we are to become. Some of us are farther along than others. So don't look at those who are further than you and say, oh man, how come I in there? No, wait your turn. And some have barely begun the journey. It's a journey, it's a process. It is important to remember that God views success differently. I remember when I was a little girl and we had to, if you wanted to go to see our grandmother, we had to walk one, two, three, three settlements to get there. So it was walking all day and all night in the dark to reach to the next settlement. <laughs> we rested and we had to walk again and again. It's a journey. It's a process. 
to the world, success equates wealth, power, and influence. Godly success, while it may include any or all of these elements, focuses not on the outward, but on the inward. God looks at the heart. We are successful in God's eyes when we live and walk in obedience to his will. And some of us, we are so miserable. We wonder why we are so miserable and can't be at rest. We're miserable because we are not in the will of God. So we are successful in God's eyes when we live and walk in obedience to his will, working out his calling in our lives. When he's working that out, it's painful. And when we devote our time and energy to becoming the people he wants us to be. So godly success will fully expose the glory within you. Although it often is hidden, you can't see it unless you cut me open. You can't see it. And if you, even, if, even if the doctor cuts you open, they can't see it. <laughs> Although it is often hidden, glory is tangible and observable. Our glory is revealed in our activity, in the fleshing out of our dreams. We have dreams, we have thoughts, we have ideas, and in our works of our hands under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, you go to sleep, you have a dream, and you have the dream, you wake up, you're sitting there with a the thought in your mind, and the idea come to you, and then you write it, and then you've got to work it <laughs> by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, yesterday evening, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. The thought came to me, the idea came to me, and now I see it. And I'm about to do it today. To accomplish the full expression of glory requires the correct environment. For man, that environment is the presence of God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, Genesis 2, Genesis 2, 8 to 9 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. God put Adam in the garden to do what? To sit down? To cross his leg? To gossip? Well, the thing is, at that time, he didn't have, Eve didn't come out yet. So Adam was there. By himself with the animals and so no Adam was put there to work God put Adam in the garden to work it and to take care of it if I hire someone to, to do my garden you think he's just coming with his mask on and sit in the front of my yard no he is man and he came to work he didn't put Adam there to sing songs or hold prayer meetings. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. God put him there to work. 
Jesus said, I must work while it is yet day to night coming when no man can work. There was no need for worship songs or prayer in the garden because Adam enjoyed unbroken worship and fellowship with God 24 hours a day. Adam's assignment to work the garden added fullness, purpose, enrichment, and meaning to his life. As a matter of fact, you can get to that place where all day long you can hear the Holy Spirit just worshiping in you, just, just praising in you. All day long, even when you go to sleep, but you have to get to that place. You have to get to that place of intimacy. You have to get to that place of oneness. You have to get to that place and get in his presence. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know the song say, all day long, I've been with Jesus all day long. My heart has uttered praise all day long. My heart, my soul been lifted in worship all day long. I have been with him. So in Genesis 2.15, man was put in the garden to dress it and to keep it. And the Hebrew word for Work means abad. It is the same word that is in Genesis 2 and 5. And there was no man to work the ground. And so, the biblical concept of work involves creativity, worship, obedience, and service. I want to serve you, Lord. The greatest thing in all my life is to serve you, Lord. So we can see work and we could see what it meant for Adam in the garden. Adam first exercises God-given creativity by cultivating it by doing things to help make the garden flourish. You see a little, a tiny little bit of my garden. You haven't seen all of it yet. But if I don't do things to make it flourish, then what? That's the physical garden, but the spiritual garden. If I don't think, do things to make it flourish, then what? You will not see no glory come out of me if I don't keep it. If I don't stay in the word, if I don't stay in prayer, if I don't stay in praise, and if I don't stay in his presence. Second Adam's work was his service to God. It was servitude. It was to serve God. Not in a negative sense. On the contrary, such service to God was not bondage. But it was joyous. I told, I told, I say to you, you know, I, this is not this is not a heaviness uh, serving god when he really called you and equipped you and anoint you and committed you committed it's a joy so it was joyous it was liberating to adam it was joyous and liberating because adam was being what he was created to be you know some jobs we on and be like, I don't feel like going another day here. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm just saying it. I experienced it because for years I was an executive secretary, and I did not bragging, but I worked as unto the Lord. And they used to call me a perfectionist. And if I didn't get it right, I stayed two hours later to get it right because it was going to reflect on me. But when it pleased the Lord to call me, oh gosh, and I knew that I knew that he called me, I was waiting to see which day I'm supposed to leave, but I had to wait, because first the call, he said, I'm going to call you in full-time ministry. Then I had to wait 
And while I was waiting, every day when I went to work, I didn't feel, I did not feel like being there because my body was there, but my spirit has really left because my all in my tone is I want to do the Lord's work. But you have to wait. You can't run off that physical job unless you know that you know that God called you. It was joyous and liberating to Adam because he was being what he was created to be. If I had stayed on that job another day, I would have been most miserable because then he was calling me into his field, into his vineyard to do his work. Work as service also means to serve oneself to the world, to pour out to expand, to express and expose one's fullest energy and potential for good and benefit to others. When Adam worked, he was obeying God and in this he experienced worship. So Adam's work was his worship. How often do we think of our work as our worship? The word Shema in the Bible means to take care of. Adam had to take care of the garden. He had to keep it. He had to guard it. He had to protect it. He had to watch over it. Remember one time I told you that God called me as a watchman? <laughs> as a watchman watching over the souls of the people. Adam was not only the caretaker of the garden, but also its guardian, protector. When we are children under the roof of our parents, they are supposed to be our guardian, our protector. They're watching over us. You remember how I told you that my spiritual daughter told me three days before she passed in the spirit, please watch over my children okay watch over my boys so adam and eve when they were driven out of the garden god then placed cherubim with a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. In other words, y'all sent, y'all ain't coming back here to guard this tree. God had to assign cherubim to carry out a responsibility which was originally assigned to Adam who was no longer fit for it. How many of us God has given us a responsibility, but we renege, we turn back. So God has to get somebody else to do what he assigned us to do. Because guess what? As I lay there last night, God began to revelate me that a lot of our churches know from the word of God that your altar is supposed to be clean, clean hands, clean hearts. But how is it that you have on your altar, pulpit, whatever you want to call it, musicians who just work in the band, cussing and carrying on the night before on a Saturday night in the ungodly band, totally surrendered to the world, playing the music, beating the drums, but Sunday morning you hire them on your supposed to be holy altar to play the music and beat the drum. What spirit you think is behind it? God was speaking to me last night. Tell me the spirit behind it. What is the spirit behind your worship? Who? Is it clean? Is it holy? 
is it unholy? And so that's what we do. We need, we need to get in tune with what the word of God say. You understand? So, so the, the musician with the spirit of the evil one playing the music, the drummer with the spirit of the evil one playing the drum, with spirit you're calling up, with spirit behind the music. So no wonder the worshipers who are on the pulpit worshiping, they singing the Lord's song, but then when spirit is behind it, confusion, frustration. We need to clean our altars. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Which glory? Not righteous glory. I believe in this shutdown, we're going to learn a lot of things and we're not going to go back the same way. We can do it different if we're really going to be on the Lord's side. Adam found his purpose, his glory in the work. God appointed him as caretaker and garden of the garden. God has appointed us as ministers uh, to caretake the, the, the sheep that he put under us. But if we are corrupt, then the sheep will be corrupt as well. As long as Adam focused his attention on God and on the work God had given him to do, Adam was fulfilled and was able to express his full potential. Work as becoming. Work was becoming for Adam. It was what he was created for. God created him and put him to work in the garden so that he could become the full person God intended him to be. Work is self-expression. As man is the image and glory of God, his work is the expression and exposure of God's glory and nature. We need to find what we were born to do. The Bible says, Jesus told his disciples, if you continue in my word, then you will be my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free or shall make you free. We need to take some time to find out what we were born to do. God created us to find satisfaction in our work within the framework of a personal love relationship with him through Christ. Seeing ourselves through God's eyes is the only way we can know the person we really are. Finding purposeful, meaningful work is essential for understanding and becoming that person. You know, there's a lot of nurses and God help them. I pray all the time because we need them. And a lot of teachers, God help them. I pray all the time for them because we need them. A lot of policemen, I pray for them, God help them because we need them. I could go on and on. But some of them went to work to get their money. They're not happy on their job. So if, 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 they, don't, if they don't have a love for it, and if not, there's no Christ behind it, they're just working for pay. No glory coming out of them. That is not supposed to be our attitude. It shouldn't be the, the attitude of money. It should be the attitude I'm doing the will of God because he has, he has anointed me. He has purposed me um, 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 to do this particular thing and we will do it with joy. So once we come to know who we are from God's perspective, we are better able to recognize the work for which he has prepared us and to which he has called us. So see, there was a time in my life that I remember at five years old, I said, I want to be a secretary. That was the spoken word on my mouth. 
I used to speak some things because it was at five years old when I heard the voice of God speaking to me. Some scriptures that I never read the Bible, not at five. But then I knew the scriptures because he was speaking to me the scriptures. As a matter of fact, there I was at that age, I was teaching a class above me. Could you imagine? That was the Holy Ghost in me from then. Okay? I had no idea. That is why our society is so full of dissatisfied people. Child, I just go in the job, but I really don't feel like being here. They dissatisfied. Many persons, including many believers, live unfulfilled lives because they are stuck in jobs they hate or in careers they are unsuited for, either by temperament or by training. Or politically, somebody send them to that office to work. They don't know nothing about it. They don't care to be there. They just want to be there to get the money. They are frustrated and discouraged because the work they do day by day actually helps prevent them from realizing their dreams. These people are not becoming who they were born to be because they are not doing what they were born to do. Are you one of them? Do you go to work every day wishing you were somewhere else doing something else? Does your current job hinder you from becoming what you believe God wants you to be? Yeah, so you will be restless. Does it suppress your potential and keep you from letting out your true self? From exposing your glory? If so, then it is very possible that you are not where you are supposed to be. And maybe you just haven't found your calling yet. I know that I know when I spoke that I wanted to be a secretary, that was one part of piece of the glory that came out. Okay? When I was always singing as a child, that was a glory coming out and, and, and my, my, my mother wanted to suppress it. And then not only her, when I went to church as I grew up, older i wanted to be in the choir and the choir the choir mistress wanted to press it down even more she told me no they don't you don't need any um alto and i felt so hurt and when i totally surrendered my life to jesus and had an encounter with him I couldn't walk in unforgiveness, so I found her and I called her and I spoke with her and I said, you know, I was angry when you told me that. This is years after. I say, um, but I forgive you. I say, but I'm now singing in the heavenly choir. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So the enemy was behind them trying to stop it. If these things are true, don't just abruptly quit your job. If you restless and all of that, and you're sure, don't just jump off your job. Be careful to seek God's direction first. It may be that he's allowing you to spend more some time in the wilderness until you pass the test. Some people say, man, this job and and they're giving me all this and I'm supposed to do this and that's somebody else's job. God is trying to work some work in you to humble you, to prove you. But no, some of us run at the fire and he's not finished. So you go another place and it's worse and you murmur and complain the same because you never yielded to let God do the work in you. And maybe he's allowing you to spend some time in the wilderness. He put them in the wilderness to try them to see what was in their heart, to see if they would walk away from him. He will build your patience and your character in your life in preparation for greater things. Stay in the oven until you finish baking. Moses spent 40 years in Pharaoh's court 
40 years and 40 years as a shepherd in the desert of Midian. That's 80 years before he was ready for the work to which God had called him. Leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. So you might be saying, Lord, when you said I'm going to be this, when? Wait. Wait and get your burning and get your pressing until he could press the oil out of you. Until he gets you to that yielded, humble state. There will be dry periods in your life while God prepares to bring you into your season. Wait. How can we know whether it's time to move on or to hang tough for a while? Not because you see somebody walking in their call, you'll be like, oh, well, listen here, I'm going to do that too. You can afford to do that. There's no glory behind it because it was not just season. God didn't send you. You went. Wait. Be processed. Processed. That's where the personal love relationship with God comes in. The closer we walk with the Lord and the more time we spend in his word and in his presence, the easier it will be for us to hear his voice and know what he wants us to do. You have to wait. There are some people, let's say um, they're in office as an accountant, but they really don't want to be an accountant. They took on that role because their parents wanted them to take on that role and they are most miserable and messes it up. And some of them, they really wanted to be a, 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 um, a poet or a musician. And finally, they get so miserable until they say, that's it, I'm, I'm walking off this job, I'm going to do what I like to do. So many people have career and profession, whether it be medicine, as I said, those, some of those nurses and, and policemen and so forth, even doctors. They're doing, but they are not fulfilling. Fulfillment eludes them because they are trying to live out their parents' dream. I know of a priest who, who I was told that his parents wanted him to be a doctor. And he waited and he got a degree and said, see, that's what you all wanted now. I want to be a priest. They try to fulfill the parents' dream rather than their own or pursuing a false vision of success rather than pursuing God's purpose. God has no desire to see us go through life searching vainly for our purpose, finding it only after we retire. Some people, after they work all their life now is retirement. Now they're going to find their real purpose. No. He wants us to know it now. But we need to listen to Ecclesiastes, the teacher. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, 6 to 7. I will find that right now. Ecclesiastes, the preacher, the teacher. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Uh, verse 6 to 7 says, 
or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden ball be broken, the picture be broken at the fountain or the picture be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Verse 8 says, Vanity of vanities, said the preacher, all is vanity. God has a purpose for each of us, a role to play in his cosmic drama of redemption for a lost world. Your role will be different from mine. That's why you can't look at someone and say, I want to do that. No, your role is different from somebody else. And indeed, from that of anyone else, we are each unique. God has ordained a part of you that you alone can do your own DNA. The tragedy is that so many people never discover their part until after they die. Well, I mean, on their, on their deathbed. God calls us to turn to him for guidance. We have to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. He will direct your path. If you trust God and obey his will, he will bring us on stage. I remember one time I was up in the mall I just went up in the mall for a stroll and and somebody said to me, Oh, Miss Evans, uh, we having we're modeling today and the platform is out there. I said, Oh, that's what that platform is out. And they said, Oh, we want you to, to model on that. I was like, Me model on that? I'm not I don't not a person who go modeling. Ah. Uh, she said, Oh, Miss Evans, please. I was fashioned up, please. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to do it. So I go inside fashion hall and I didn't have to put on their clothes. I was already dressed. Don't know why I'm dressed up like that. <laughs> Stockings and everything. Dress to impress. The Holy Spirit sent me up in the mall. So he, he knew what he was doing. They said, no, we want you to go there and model. The Holy Spirit said, yes, I want you to. Well, I went on that stage and I was modeling up and down that stage and they asked a question and I was able to answer. I got a prize. The Holy Spirit said, this is just a rehearsal because I'm getting ready to put you on the world stage. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, so if you trust God and obey his will, he will bring us on stage at just the right time to play the role of a lifetime. But you don't push yourself out on the stage now. You have to wait. A role. He has been preparing us for all along. It has to be preparation time before revelation time. Then we'll be able to say, to, as the psalmist say, for you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord. My 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 confidence since my youth since my youth oh god you have taught me and to this day i declare your marvelous deeds that's psalm 71 with 5 and 17. there is no competition when it comes to glory our roles may all be different but our purpose is the same to glorify god as the teacher says in ecclesiastes it sums it up well. Chapter, verse 13, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 says, it sums it all up. Verse 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man and i will read verse 14 for god shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil who is on the lord's side 
So who is on the Lord's side? Is your life a chalice of blessing? Is glory coming out of your life? Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowing glad. Make me a blessing, make me a blessing out of my life. May Jesus shine, make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray, make me a blessing to someone today. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Help us to stay on the Lord's side. The word is who is on the Lord's side. Help us to be that vessel that your glory flows through. Help us, Lord, not to let the seeds of glory die in us. Father, and your people that you have divinely given this message is teaching to when they receive it shower them with grace peace love joy may it continually be in them god bless you i love you stay safe this is apostle shirley evans i'm loving you more every day Loving you more every day. The more I love you, I want to show you I'm loving you more. Lord, I'm loving you more. Lord, I'm loving you more every day. I love you.